So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day. All right, I got a review from L.S. Tedder or L. Stetter. As a new agent, this podcast has been valuable to me. I have learned more from listening to your show and interviews than I could have in a classroom. I love this podcast. Thank you, L. Stetter. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want, or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first, and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a great guest coming out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I don't know if we've had a guest out of, I, I think we, ha, we had to have somebody out of there. But, but anyways, I got Samantha DiBianchi Laviola. That's her new married name. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if it's a good idea to use that, by the way, uh, just because everybody probably already knows you as Samantha DiBianchi. And you've probably heard of her or you may have heard of her. She's got a lot of press. She was on Million Dollar Listing and she's, you know, she gets out there as far as, uh, you know, being able to find information on her and stuff. It's really cool. So we got a lot to talk about today and we're going to catch up. So Samantha, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hey, Samantha, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they could get to know you better? Sure. So I have my own real estate company here in South Florida based out of Fort Lauderdale. I currently have about eight agents. I transact myself, so I am a realtor. I have my own little investment portfolio, so I practice what I preach and I know the investment side of real estate as well. I currently have about eight homes, so it keeps me busy. And uh, I speak on the news, Fox News, Fox Business, CNBC, uh, Keynote, all over the world. And yes, I was on uh, the first female on Million Dollar Listing. The first female on Million Dollar Listing. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I never thought about it, but it is all guys. There's a lot of guys, you know. Yeah. You know. Very, very I am the most masculine out of anyone that was ever on the show and currently <laughs> on the show, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, all right. Well, let's talk about some nitty gritty. I want to talk to you in the future here on the show about, you know, everything you just mentioned. We're going to get into your investments. We're going to get into uh, you starting your own company versus, uh, you know, going with a brokerage. We're going to get into everything. But let, let's get some numbers here first. So uh, how many houses uh, is your brokerage a teamerage, first of all, or is it just like a brokerage where it's like you and then everybody else is on their own? So it's interesting. We kind of are, I, I believe, a hybrid of that. So we operate independently because I feel that everyone should kind of have their own brands and not everyone wants to join DeBianchi Real Estate and be, you know, just working with me. But at the same time, we also work collaboratively and collectively and help one another. So um, I have another team, the Ring On Group, that's uh, at, at my company. 
And if I need something with one of my listings or buyers, he'll help me and, and vice versa. So we really are a true family setting versus, well, you know, I'm not a part of your team. You're not a part of mine. We're competitive. I'm, I, I'm all about company culture because that's so important. You got to love where you work. So, so you have uh, this one group at DeBianchi Realty and, and then you have your own group. Yeah. Right. And so like how many, and then I have independent agents and then you have independent. Wow. Okay. And then like, so like your own group, how many do you have? Just, um, just three people, three. And are they agents or processors? Yeah. Everyone is an agent. Everyone's an agent. Okay. And so, and they're three full-timers. Yes. Everyone here is full-time. I don't, I don't bring on anyone at the company that is not full-time. Real estate's a full-time job. (laughs) <laughs> so how many houses did you sell with you and your team? I think to date, last I wanted, 12 months. Yeah. Last 12 months, I would say 50 homes. Okay. And what's your average sale price? Uh, it's about 500,000, I would say. So your volume then is, is uh, 25 million roughly. Yeah, more or less. Yes. Yeah. This, this past, the past 12 months, it's a little bit tough because I got married. So things kind of slowed down just a little bit. I, I had to balance things out. I was kind of a workhorse before. 2017 was a solid year. And then 2018 kind of got into planning a bit. But um, we're rocking and rolling now. And I've also, in the past three months, I've uh, just purchased three more homes. So getting very busy wow. on the investment side. Yeah. Because, again, You're I... Uh, in Fort Lauderdale? Yeah. And all in Fort Lauderdale, I Airbnb them. And, you know, I've definitely put aside more of my transacting. I still transact and I still hustle at that. But I, you know, I'm 34 right now. You never know what the future brings. You never know what the market brings. And I know how important it is to invest in yourself. And I don't take those commission checks and go, you know, spending on frivolous things. I mean, I, I definitely have my luxuries, but I buy homes and I have my investment portfolio and all of those homes. I mean, it's, it's amazing how real estate can really uh, bring wealth. And so I actually, I don't know if you got to see my vlog, I vlog about it. And, you know, you see me in these fancy dresses and I'm showing homes and then I make the commission check and then I'm in, you know, shorts and a t-shirt cleaning the pools of some of my Airbnbs because that's the reality of real estate. Like it's not fancy. You got to do the hard work, the nitty gritty, but those homes fit out net anywhere between 20 grand and 40 grand a year. So times that by eight, that's pretty, that's pretty solid. Yeah. I believe that any money that you make from, from horizontal income, meaning income that comes in sideways versus you working, trading time for Mm -hmm. money is worth about 10 times as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you make 250, let's say, off of your horizontal income, your eight properties, it's really worth about two and a half million dollars a year. You know what I mean? You would have to earn two and a yeah. half million dollars in net commissions to equate it to that because, because it lasts forever, right? And it's an investment. Right. You know, it's an investment. It's not a liability and it's, it's most likely not going to change, you know, drastically, right? Rents go up right. and down, but they don't, they generally don't plummet. So, Right. And you're building equity in something. And someone, I I went to lunch with a really successful luxury agent yesterday. And he's like, Sam, you know, I'm, I'm so tired. I'm working so many hours a day. I have a baby at home. I'm doing this and doing that. How are you 
doing what you're doing. You're doing half the business you did, you know, <laughs> the year before. And I said, I'm investing, I'm putting it all in my investments and making sure that I'm making income from that. And if not, you're just transacting and you're on to the next, you're on to the next, and you're not building a foundation for wealth. You're not building a foundation for stability. You're not building a foundation for when the market does come down. And that's really important, whether you're a new agent or an experienced agent, to really know that that's, that has to happen. If not, you're just round and round we go and there's no end in sight. I knew so many agents that, uh, you know, went broke in the last recession, so many, and then a lot of them are out there now still kicking the dirt and, you know, knocking on Fisbo's doors and they're 81 years old. And it's just sad. I mean, it's just exactly they didn't do 81, 81. I, mean, I, I made that up, but you know, a margarita. <laughs> I want to be sipping a margarita on an island somewhere, looking at my phone, counting all the money that's rolling on in. <laughs> so, like, so, uh, what's your goal? How many do you want to own? You know, I would like to own, I, I think once we get to about 20 to 25, I think that's a pretty solid amount. Um, and again, you know, one of them I actually sold six months ago because you have to kind of analyze. You're making that one I made 20 to 25 net, but I knew when I sold it, I could make 150 grand. So it's better to sell that one. And then yeah, from that money. Six years of income. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Good. What? Okay. So here's a great question, right? Mm-hmm. So you're doing all these Airbnb, right? Okay. Yeah. So if the Airbnb market were to change for whatever reason, I don't want to speculate, right? Let's just say for were to change and you had to rent them to a family, right? You had to get market rent and you're making 25 grand a year on each one. What, what would that go to? It would go to half. And I analyze all of that. You'd still be able to make a thousand a month on each one, even renting it to a family of five people. Yes. And I analyze everything. That's good because a lot of them go to zero. I'll tell you a lot of them, the Airbnb rent is literally three times to four times the amount of rent. You know what I mean? So people are buying these houses priced on, you know, Airbnb numbers and not priced on market rent numbers. And if, if anything were to change, Right, there's government comes up, you know, the local Fort Lauderdale City Council, yep. uh, you know, gets lobbied by the freaking hotel unions or whatever, you know, lobbyists, not unions, but you know, you know what I'm saying. If any, because there's yeah. stuff, something could change. You just don't know, right? Right, and I'm, you know, something I always say on most of my real estate segments on the news channels is that you should only buy if you can, not if you think you can, not if you want to, but if you actually have the financial ability and the job security and, you know, savings accounts and and that you can. So if worst case does happen, which I always, I mean, my husband gets on me all the time about it, like, Oh, you know, you need to be more positive. And I'm like, I, I have, I'm commission based. I've been commission based for so long. So it's always up and down and it's anxiety, you know, (laughs) at all times, you always have to be prepared for the worst because the worst is very real. And when I look at these homes and find these homes, I always think, what if Airbnb disappears? Will we still make money? Will we at least still break even? And yeah. as long as that answer is yes, we buy I'd the prob- home. I probably diversify because the, the, you know, the Airbnbs, I see them as, you know, they're, they're great. And, and they're like having technology in your stock portfolio, which is awesome and it's killing it. But then you might want to have some, 
you know, blue chip stocks and you might want to have some bonds. And so you, you maybe buy 10 uh, little tiny things and rent them out section eight rentals. And then you have 10 medium size, two fifty, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 properties and rent them out to families. And then you have 10 of each, you know what I mean? So you have yep. a, a more of a balanced portfolio because it, in a recession, the people stop vacationing. Um, yes and no. So in a recession, it's interesting because Airbnb, a lot of people just think, well, it's local, it's, it's the United States only. But actually we have, especially in Fort Lauderdale, again, it's just, it really depends on your market. But in South Florida, we have a ton of South Americans coming using Airbnbs. We've got Canadians, we've got Europeans. Literally, I mean, it's, it's very diverse with the people that come here and they'll stay here for weeks at a time. And when we do have a recession, if anything, they're traveling here more because they know their money is worth more and they can get more. Mm. So there is actually stability with the Airbnb model in that sense. But going back to your point, I am pretty diversified. I actually have some commercial real estate as well. There, there you go. Yeah, and that's another thing yeah. too, right? <laughs> some commercial real estate, which I do too. All right, so let's get to some nitty gritty here um, and talk about business. So you're doing, you know, 25 mil or so. You know, what is your uh, what is your gross commissions? We make a joke on the show. We call it uh, ECI ego commission income. What uh, just of you and your team? What is your ego commission income? Your GCI. So I never tell exactly what my commission is, but I can tell you that it always will keep a very big smile on my face. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you don't seem to have a lot of overhead. Number one, you don't have a broker no. to pay. You don't have franchise fees to pay. You don't have, you don't have any assistance to pay. If everybody's no. I did, you know, going back to the assistant, I used to have an assistant and three, three different assistants over the course of, I don't know, maybe five years. And something I always tell people, I've, I've seen my numbers actually slow when I have an assistant and I've found that I, and, and everyone's different, um, but I spend sometimes more time trying to tell the assistant what to do and how to assist me than it slows me down and it slows my business down. So I kind of changed my model a bit to where instead of having an assistant directly for me, I use my associates at my company and if I need showings, you know, I pay them hourly and um, to go do showings. If I need someone to sit open houses, I pay them hourly. Sometimes I'll have some of my associates add, uh, be a part of the listing and make a percentage, which is another reason why everyone is licensed. And, you know, they feel empowered as well. And they're also seeing the benefit of it. I, I let them, you know, market it, advertise it. I, I don't care if my name is on it or not. Um, I'm very... I, I definitely do not have an ego with that, but uh, yeah. So an assistant for me is a little bit tricky because I've actually seen my numbers every time uh, go down because of it. Interesting. Well, good. Uh, mm -hmm. Interesting side there to the conversation, but let's talk a little bit about brokerage. Why'd you always have a, you know, DeBianchi brokerage and why didn't you ever join a, a franchise or a bigger company to give you a boost? Sure. So 2009 is when I got my real estate license because I thought that was, you know, it was great to get my license. I was going to make all this money. And I was obviously not fully there because 2009 was the worst time to get into real estate. And I made no money. I quit. Um, I 
came back uh, a few months later and I worked with a large brokerage, you know, that promised me the world, you're going to get leads, you're going to get this, that. I got nothing. I moved to another large brokerage, same thing, you know, oh, we'll train you. And I didn't really get much. And I felt like I was just another number. And I finally worked with an independent broker and um, we worked side by side. I learned a ton and I realized working with him and we worked with a, a very large client, a billionaire actually, finding him investment properties in 2010. And I found out that I was really good at real estate and it brought me the confidence that I needed. I, I learned the business and I always kind of had a, a marketing background, a PR background. And I said, I, I know I can grow real estate, um, the industry into something different and show other people that they don't need to work with a large brokerage. They can work with a small brokerage and really grow their own brand. Because I believe that companies do not sell properties, people do. So it doesn't matter what company, big, small, medium, whatever size you are, your company, you know, there's agents at very large companies that don't produce, that don't, that can't sell. And that is the justification that the company is not selling these properties. The company is not bringing you a client. You, no matter what, you are a salesperson. You have to go hunting for your client each and every day. And then you've got to, you know, sell yourself to that person. And then you've got to work with them. And then you've got to close them. And then you've also got to make sure that they don't leave you and that they keep coming back to you. So the long answer to your question <laughs> is that I saw the the void in the, or what I feel is a void in the industry. And I knew that I needed to really do things differently. And that's why I started my own company. Wow. Okay. And you know, it's interesting that the one thing that sticks out in that is uh, going back to what you said is uh, you worked with a billionaire in 2010, buying a bunch of rentals. It goes back to that Warren Buffett uh, famous quote that says, you know, be fearful when everyone else is confident and be confident when everybody else is fearful. You know, it would take a billionaire to be confident to buy a ton of rental properties in 2010 because that was a shitty time. I mean, nobody was that man investing nobody was loaning money to investors or or you know what i mean i mean that was i'm sure he did uh, really well he did extremely well that's that's a fun story actually i'll try to condense it but he he's worth 7 billion he had a fund of 200 million and he wanted to buy as many properties you know he had a certain model uh, 1978 newer to 2 and at least produce a 10% return cash on cash return and I was able to find more properties for him. I worked around the clock and I found more properties for him than he had seven brokers in a different county. And he was like, I want you to focus. You know, I'm going to use you for everything, but we need to talk. And I knew I, I very, I have a weird sixth sense, or I believe I have a sixth sense with people and understanding and intuition. And I had a feeling that he was going to try to take away some commission structure, structure or whatnot. And so we met and he said, you know, what you do, while I appreciate it, it really only warrants $10 an hour or $50,000 a year salary. And I want to have a brokerage and I want to keep your 3% and I want you to work at finding me these homes. So needless to say, I had a few choice words for him and that ended our, our relationship. Um, but from that, the takeaway was I learned 
so much. And I learned that I was very good with numbers and the investment side and that I could work with very wealthy people and show them how they can make money in real estate. And I think if you can show anyone how they can make money in real estate, you could sell anything, whether it's a $100,000 property or uh, you know, a $10 million property. Everyone wants to make money. And if you can show them how, you'll win that listing appointment, that buyer every single time. Yeah, that's, that's a good story. I appreciate you sharing that because it shows at the end of the day, even though the guy's worth $7 billion, with a B, he was still a little bit fearful or a lot fearful that maybe you know, these properties are going to go down or not make any more than 10%. And so that he had to then try to squeeze out another one and a half or so, maybe, maybe 1%, you know, after he pays all his bills and everything to keep for himself. You know, it, it, you look at it now and say, man, that guy was greedy as hell. But, but at the time he was like, well, I don't know. You know what I mean? She's making, she's getting rich on me. And anyways, it's just, it's just an interesting story that makes you think. So let's talk, um, a little bit about publicity because man, I, you know, when, when I got the notification that you were coming on the show, I'm like, okay, let me check this chick out. And I went on, truth be told, I went on, started watching your uh, videos on YouTube and, and I saw a video with Stuart, Stuart Barney, Stuart Varney, right? From CNBC or Fox News, Fox, Fox News, Fox, yeah, Fox yeah. News. And it was <laughs> the first one you did. And it was, it was one of the first ones you did. And it was some about, you know, whether or not a millennial should buy a house, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm watching both of your faces. I'm watching him face. And he's like rolling his eyes. He's like laughing. <laughs> like, he's like disagreeing with you. And my first thought is, oh, my God, she's going to get crushed. They're never going to invite her back on. You know, he doesn't believe a word she says. He, he disagrees with her. He's like, get her off the stage. And then next thing you know, he, he has you all like 75 more times. And I'm like, well, I mean, maybe he just wants people to kind of say something a little different than that. So he can disagree. I mean, talk to me about that. I thought it was entertaining. So the first time I was ever on, so I, I don't have a publicist. I actually get myself on everything. I've been quoted in any, anything and everything. And I've been on every show out there. And first time I was on was 2012. I got 30 minutes notice. The, whoever they were supposed to have on real estate backed out. And I was told, if you want to be on, Now's your time. If not, you know, we don't know if we'll ever be able to get you on. And I was a nervous wreck. I went on. I, you know, it's a scary situation being in a very small room and you're, you have satellite, you know, you satellite into New York and uh, you have your earpieces in, you don't see anyone. And fortunately I did a really good job that they asked me back on again and again and again. And any producer, any network, they said the exact same thing. We like how you know your stuff, you can dumb things down for people to actually understand because, you know, you watch the news, it's this, that, and that, that, and, you know, all these, I, I, I generally don't use a lot of big words. I'm very smart, but I'm not that smart. And I love educating people. So, you know, I, I dumb things down and then I don't disagree. I don't go with the flow. Like if I believe something is true or not true, I can, you know, debate that. So I think they, they like that I have an opinion. And again, you know, I think that's important when you're working with clients. If a client says, well, I think my house is worth X, Y, and Z. I know so many agents that will just agree with them just to get the listing. And I'm like, why would you do that? If you don't believe in the, the worth 
and the value of a property, like you should not be wasting your money and your time on this. Like it's a waste of time. So um, whether it's television or clients, that's how I operate. And that is why I continue to get asked back on and I get called for quotes and I'm able to have as much PR as I have. How'd you, how'd you get the first one? I want like someone listening in Little Rock, Arkansas is listening to this and they're like, I want to do what Samantha's doing. You know, I want to get on our local TV. I want to, you know, start getting quotes from the Little Rock Gazette. Like, give me some advice. Like, what did you do in the very, very beginning when no one knew who you were? Okay. So this is going to be a little bit longer of a story. It's okay. Cause it's good stuff and nobody talks about it. So I yeah, it, it's, it's a good one. So again, 2012, I actually did hire a publicist for a minute and I told her and I was so excited. I went into her office, um, you know, cause we weren't really getting much progress. So I'm like, okay, Samantha, let's write down everything that you want to accomplish. And, and again, I, I believe that when you write things down, you can make your checklist and you know what you've accomplished and what you haven't, and you can focus on it. So I went into the office after about a couple months and we weren't really getting anywhere. And I said, okay, I want to, you know, be quoted in the newspaper and maybe even have a column. And then I said, another section was, I want to be one of those talking heads on the news. And then another point was, you know, I want to have a reality show. And every time I went on all of these things, this publicist was looking at me like I had three heads. And she was just like, you know, let's go one by one. You want to be quoted in, you know, the paper. You want to be, you know, in the Wall Street Journal. First off, you know, the, the newspaper doesn't do that. You, you can't just call up and tell them you want to be quoted. And so that's not it. Uh, you want to get, you know, quoted in national stuff. Well, you're going to have to pay me a whole lot more for that. And a talking head, that just doesn't happen. Those people have years of experience and you're not selling enough. You're not good enough. And remember, in 2012, I was still pretty new um, yeah. at the time. And then the reality show, she, I don't even think to this day she ever addressed that. And so I left that meeting very, very frustrated and not frustrated at her, but frustrated in myself because I knew in my mind that I was able to accomplish these things. And the fact that I relied and counted on somebody else to do things for me, that's not in my character. Um, as my husband says, I am a doer. So um, I left that meeting. We actually, you know, ended ties and, and broke off at that point. And, um, we no longer work together. And so I went one day in the newspaper. I looked at, you know, the real estate section. Who's the editor? Who's the one who's writing anything? I reached out to him and I said, hey, I'd like to have a column. You guys don't have a Sunday real estate column in your open house section. And he said, you know what, Sam, that's a great idea. But there's, there's you know, 100 plus people that advertise in the newspaper. I need to ask them first if they would be interested because they pay um, to advertise with us and you don't. So about a week later, I get a call and he's like, which, Sam. Which, which is bullshit, by the way, because, you know, a, a true freedom of press newspaper would not think, shouldn't think that way, but let's face it. Right. That but uh, that's, go ahead. Go ahead. That's so how it is. He called me a week later. He said, Sam, I called everyone. Nobody wants to do it. And you, you got to call him. And I was just thinking, you know, it's 500 words. People would rather pay, I don't even know how much it was to advertise in the paper, but people would rather pay money to have their face and info and maybe a listing 
then write 500 words and have a half a page. And I had my headshot and I had all my info. And, and, and nowadays you could go on Fiverr and find somebody or upwards yeah. find someone to write stuff for you for, you know, $50 a column. Right. But the irony is that people just didn't want to do the work. Mind boggling to me. Like they'd rather pay just like people want to just pay for leads versus leave your house and go meet people. I don't know. Crazy concept, I guess. <laughs> so then, you, so like, then you started this column, and then like how, and then yeah. they started calling you for quotes, like, "Hey, you know, the market's shifting a little bit. Let's get Samantha a quote, even though you didn't advertise with them." Is that what happened? Or and then one. So thing people, another? right? So people started to read the newspaper um, column. I also uh, back in the day when Zillow first was getting started, I approached them to uh, blog for them, and again, everyone wants free content, whether it's the newspaper, all these real estate sites. So I did it for free. Great thing about Zillow, syndicated. So it was going out. So like I was in Forbes, I was in, you know, everywhere, Wall Street, everyone's picking up these articles and then they're seeing that I'm writing them. So I'm getting calls, emails from Forbes, Wall Street, any, all of these publications. Like, can we get a quote from you? What's happening? Like, Last week, I got a call from Bankrate to, to have my opinion, bankrate.com, my opinion on, you know, open houses, realtor.com, all of these, these different publications. Again, did it myself, the talking head. Um, that was a little bit different. I had a friend who was on talking about business, and he said, you know, if you ever want to be on, I can talk to some people I work with there. And I did get media trained, which I definitely would recommend to anyone. Media trained is, you know, you work with somebody and they help show you how to speak on camera, um, how to get out of questions you do not know the answer to, and how to feel just comfortable and confident. And the best part of my media training was that I watched a number of videos of, of massive CEOs and you could see the sweat coming down and how nervous they were to be on. And here's a little old me, you know, not this multimillionaire. And I was going to be on television too. And they were just as nervous. So that kind of made me feel better. And then the reality show, uh, again, a little bit long of a story, but to, to kind of chop that down and condense it, I reached out to somebody that I knew who represented one of the real estate agents. He was a talent agent, represented one of the real estate agents for one of the million dollar listing guys on us in LA. And he said, Sam, the show's never coming to South Florida. And even if it did, you don't have the listings, you don't have the sales, you're not luxurious enough. And honestly, they like to stick to their model of having three guys. And about eight months later, I saw all over social media that the show, it didn't specifically say million dollar listing, but it said, you know, big show, you could kind of figure it out that it was and that they were looking for, for real estate agents in all of these cities, and Miami was one of them. And so I submitted my application, and, you know, I got denied. And um, I said, I then put together a PowerPoint presentation as to why I should be on the show. And I put in, you know, yes, I did not have the sales. I didn't have this, um, you know, background, these listings, whatever. But I did have a pretty awesome life and I had made enough money to where I was traveling. You know, I went to South Africa, went cage diving with great whites. I went on a safari and I showed what I did as a real estate agent. I showed my character and who I am, not about what I've sold. And they called me. They thought my PowerPoint presentation was hilarious. I thought it was serious. 
and um, they wanted to meet me. And that's exactly how I got to be on the show. I was the first one they, they put on. And yeah, the moral of this whole story is that when you want something, it's just a matter of figuring it out. Everyone's going to tell you no, but just keep getting the no's and, and eventually you'll get the yes. All you need is one yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, I love that, right? It's like the domino effect. One thing leads to another. All you need is, yeah. all you need is one yes. For her, for her, it was that column, right? I mean, I yeah. talk about this in my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures. I have chapter five, which is build on a success up, not from the ground up. Meaning once you get that one success, like one listing in the neighborhood, it's so much easier to get that second listing, third listing, fourth listing, fifth listing, uh, because you know, you've had that one success, that one success, like that one success for you was that column. And then you right. just built like crazy on that. And my whole PowerPoint is, is on top of the cage diving, great whites and everything else is also fine. I don't have the sales. I don't have the listings, but I have more publicity than any agent in this entire country. There's nobody that goes on television more than me. There's nobody that's quoted more than me. So there's got to be something special about me, and you that is that, why I should be on the show. Okay, so let's let's talk about that. Well, let's talk about that because someone listening again in Little Rock, Arkansas, is like, okay, well, you know, clearly there's room for more, right? If he sure. wants to do it in Little Rock, like, like what is it that is attractive about you that he or she that's listening could emulate? Like, what do you do? Like, how fast do you respond to them? How do you pander to them? What do you do not to do? Give us some advice there. Are we talking about them being? Be, being the media, any media. media? Yeah. With media, you need to respond immediately. You need to respond within 10, 15 minutes. Things are very time sensitive. So if you don't respond to them, they will find somebody else. So, you know, and it's not like they're, they're calling you at midnight or one in the morning. I mean, they're calling you during normal operating hours but you always need to be available. And the second that you don't or you waver, they don't have time for that. There's so many people that can do what you do. So you need to be in yes mode, a place of yes. Yeah, a place of yes. And the, the, here's the thing, guys, they have deadlines. Like, the, like, the, like right. a newspaper article will write an article the day before. They don't write this shit a month ahead of time. They're writing it and it's coming out tomorrow morning and their deadline is like nine o'clock tonight, right? Because they have to print it. Right. So, so if you don't call them back, uh, like Samantha says, they're going to call the next agent, the next agent, the next agent. You need to put them in your phone. Put them in the VIP section, and if, they, if that phone rings, no matter where you are, listing appointment, nothing. You pick it up. You give your quick quote, whatever. You know, this is my opinion on the market. Always be opinionated like she is, right? Don't dilly-dally and be like, well, you know, how's the market? Well, the market is moving. You know, don't, <laughs> don't use cliches like that. Say it's good or it's bad. You know, that's what right. they want. They want exact. And don't be afraid to say it's slow. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be generic. You don't want to be labeled as generic. You need to be unique and you need to show value. That is in any aspect of real estate, you need to show your worth. You need to show your value. Why you? And that's a question I ask myself every day. Why me? And the second I can't answer that, I have to go back to square one and figure out again, why me? No, that's beautiful. I, I love that. And guys, and, and, and the key you'll get here is she believed in herself she went at it, and then, and then she just 
reached out. She wanted it. That's the thing. You got to want it. I, I think a lot of people fall into the trap of all those other agents that didn't want to write that blog is they didn't want it bad enough, right? And they didn't want to take the time to do it just like anything, right? Just like investing, right? They didn't want to, it or takes time. You lose money when you stop selling, right? Because you could sell and make a couple of fat commissions in the time it takes you to clean a pool and buy an Airbnb. You can make right. a lot more money, but over the, but but you have to stop and do it. It's the same thing with right. the, building your marketing empire, your, your media empire. Right. And I think, too, the other thing is that people always make an excuse. They're like, well, I'm not good at writing. Okay. What about doing a video? You know, like there's so many things you can do outside of if you're not good at writing or if you're not good on camera, then maybe do a podcast. You know, maybe you don't have the face for, uh, for uh, television, but you can do, you know, the face for radio. There's, there's always something. So you've got to find your niche and it's okay not to be good at everything, but you've got to be persistent. I mean, you know, even when I'm on the news and people are like, well, do you get business from it? First and foremost, you've got to do these things. Just going at it, like I'm not going to get anything from it because if you have like, oh, well, if I don't get two leads from every episode that I put out, like you're setting yourself up for failure. You're not going to get those leads and then you're going to quit what you're doing. But if you just constantly put content out there over and over and over, they come. And just because you don't have a million followers or, you know, thousands of views, that doesn't mean people are not watching. I mean, one of the best stories I have is when you know, I was growing myself and my business. And this, again, was when Facebook was relatively new. And in 2010, when I finally found out I was really good at real estate, I was, put, I was uh, blogging and I was putting out on social media, you know, my blogs. And I was, you know, taking articles that I, I'm a big reader. I like reading on Twitter. I follow all the different uh, publications and news channels. And when I find something interesting, I read it and I'll also apply it to, um, at that time, I put it on Facebook, and I'd write my opinion. So let's say rates, you know, rates just dropped. Instead of just posting that article that rates just dropped, I post the article, rates dropped. This is what would be good for you to do. This is maybe a good opportunity to buy or sell, and here's why. And I would put my take on it, my opinion, just like I do on the news. And I show and give value to people. And, you know, I kept doing it and doing it, and sometimes people would like it. They would comment. And, but I didn't really have any expectation for it, but I just kept at it for months and months and months. Then I started to go out and go to different events, just be out and about and meet people. And people would literally say, Sam, you know, you're, you're killing it in real estate. You're doing so well. I see, you know, you're all over social media. And I was still the same person living at home at the time. You know, my parents were my roommates and like, the people thought I was successful because of what I was posting on social rock, media. Rock solid <laughs> credibility, right? Rock solid credibility. Yeah. I mean, mom and dad, you know, they were proud of me. So that was credibility. So they could vouch for me. But in reality, I mean, yeah, I was selling like a little bit, but not enough. I was still trying to, you know, get that engine going. And then I realized people are reading what I'm putting out there. And people are, you know, slowly going to come in from that. And they did. But it takes time. If you want this instant gratification, you're in the wrong business. That is for sure. So, you know, 
Yeah, that no, that's that that's great advice. What what like who do you follow on Twitter that our listeners should be following? What blogs do you read that our listeners should be reading? Give us give us some things so we can get smarter. Sure. So I love Forbes. I'm kind of a Forbes nerd. I recently read about how to program your mind from negativity to positivity. You're still constantly working on, especially in the in the industry of real estate. So I love Forbes. I love Entrepreneur Inc. Fast Company. CNBC Make It has a really cool series where they're constantly putting out, you know, how people made it to and became successful. Um, obviously, all Fox News, Fox Business, always trying to see and read what's going on in in any channel, on any channel. And yeah, just kind of keeping up to date. Yahoo Finance, The Street, everyone's great in that in that department. And then. Uh, as far as people, you know, I'll read some of Gary Vee's stuff. He's definitely uh, very cool and motivating. Tim Ferriss, I really enjoy him as well. And uh, Tom Ferry's got some good stuff. But yeah, it's, you know, you can read all day long. Yeah, well, that's the thing. How do you make sure that? How do you time manage this reading? Because to me, like you, I'm like, holy dirt. You know, if I followed all those people and did all those things, I'd never get anything done. Yeah, no, no. I first thing in the morning, last thing at night, and first thing in the morning could be anywhere from five a.m. to seven a.m. And last thing at night could be anywhere from eight p.m. to midnight. So it's generally, I just like to keep up to date. And then obviously, you know, your little coffee breaks and whatnot. I I also have notifications with Wall Street Journal anytime there's breaking news pops up on my phone, and I just like to be current. I think educating yourself and knowing what's actually happening in your industry is obvious as it sounds. A lot of people just have zero clue what's going on. They had zero clue that rates are under 4% for a 30 year fix. And when you know that information and you're going out there and you can, you know, you meet someone off the street and you hear them maybe talking about real estate and you could just confidently go up to them and say, you know, now might be a good time for you to buy rates are really low right now. They just went down, you know, to, 3.9 whatever percent and then suddenly that person's like wow this you know this is a credible realtor this is someone who actually knows their stuff and you've already you've made that connection and you have something to talk about you have some value again so you're showing value and you're showing your worth as as a professional realtor no i love this man well, great Great advice, Samantha. Well, let's wrap this up. And I'm also going to put her contact information. If you want to reach out to her, send her a referral in Fort Lauderdale, Florida or surrounding areas. If you uh, want to follow her on social media or just reach out and say thank you for sharing uh, all of what she shared today so candidly, uh, all her links will be there. I'm also going to put a link to her blog, guys. She's a great writer. You need to follow her blog and follow her on YouTube, too, because she's got some great interviews there on Fox Business News and CNNBC and, and many other things. So, okay, yeah. hybendigital.com backslash Samantha D. Samantha, this has been a blast. If I'm ever in Fort Lauderdale, I will look you up. <laughs> And uh, I'll look you up. We can break some bread together and I get a selfie with one of the uh, million dollar list. The first woman million dollar listing, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, agent. agent. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. This has been really fun. Thank you. Thank you. 
Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger. Yes, the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe and listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys. And I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too. Have a great day and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.